your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and we'll get 20% off your next order. So, coming to you guys after the Penguins just split their two games up in New York in Madison Square Garden. Of course, the Penguins won 5-4 on Saturday over the Rangers and then lost 3-1 to tonight. It would have been 2-1, to but Panarin hit the basically did a buzzer beater empty net goal. So it ended up being 3-1 to as the Penguins are now 5-4-1 and and on the season. I believe they are still in fourth place. But yeah, I mean, a lot to like from these last couple games, but there's also a lot to not like. We're going to get into both of them. I thought tonight's game, um, forty the first 40 minutes, the Penguins were pretty dominant. I thought that first period was their best first period of the season. They were controlling play at a high level. Um, of course, they got the first goal. They were actually playing with a lead for mostly the first 40 minutes. I think they played with the lead for over 30 minutes in this game. I think that's the longest time they played with the lead all season. So, you know, baby steps for that. You know, we're doing small claps as I don't want to wake up my girlfriend in the other room. But... Still, you know, that's pretty impressive with the defense that was out there tonight, especially, of course, Crystal Tang is day-to-day with, and I think it's an upper body injury, if I'm not mistaken. So that's now five of the Penguins' eight defensemen um, going into the season that are out um, for this line. I think they had to recall someone else to their taxi squad today. That is just how bad the Penguins' defense is beat up. But also tonight, um, Jason Zucker was able to score. On that. I think that was his third goal of the season, third goal in his last four games. He's really come alive. And, you know, that's just... I think that's just a byproduct of how hard he's been working on the ice on a game-by-game basis. You can just see you know, how much better he's been getting. He's firing a lot of pucks in that. He made up a great play for the game's opening goal. Um, Ruido basically hit um, the glass, and then uh, Zucker was able to corral it um, from behind the net and just stuff it past Chesterkin. It was just a beautiful play by him. Um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Zucker right now. Then, you know, I mean, they, they were dominating even straight. Chesterkin was making some good saves. And then you get the special teams. We're going to go into the special teams a lot more going into the next seg- in the next segment probably. Um, they were just terrible tonight. Um, the Penguins probably should have had two or three more goals. They probably should have won this game 3-1. to one. Um, The Rangers were really not generating anything at all at even strength. I thought the Penguins destroyed them at even strength, to be honest with you. It was almost like every time the two teams were at 5v5, Pittsburgh was carrying the play. They were in the offensive zone. The Rangers were defending. And then the third period came around, and right after the Rangers got that power play, I think it was very early in the third period when it was tied, um, they kind of just started taking it to the Penguins. I thought, I thought they had the better of the 5v5 play over those next five to six minutes until the Penguins started playing better. And then, you know, Chabra Weedles takes a really lazy penalty, probably his worst play of the year. Just, you know, the old-fashioned puck over the glass penalty, I've never been a fan of it. I think it's the worst call in hockey. Um, it really is just a pointless penalty. Like, oh my god, yeah, he shot into the stands. I guess it's a penalty or whatever. So, I mean, I just, I, I hate that rule, guys. I always have. But still, you can't do that, and then you see how an actual functioning power play works as Adam Fox fired the puck to the net and Chris Kreider deflected it for 2-1, and that was basically all she wrote. And then for the other game, um, I thought, you know, that was that was a wild one. You know, DeSmith got that start as well. I thought he wasn't as sharp in that one, though he did make some timely saves. But overall, that was a big win for them, especially in overtime. 
Um, they were dominating that overtime like it was nothing. Um, that was pretty awesome to see. You know, Sid, of course, gets the game winner. Um, I'm gonna talk, I guess I'll get into P.O. Joseph. Um, he he needs to stay in the lineup full time. Um, if you take him out of the lineup, you might as well just fire Mike Sullivan and the entire coaching staff um, right on the spot. Literally, I mean, he's he's been that good. Um, you can really see what the Coyotes were giving up in that Phil Kessel trade. And that Kessel trade looks a lot better right now. I know everyone was expecting Alex Galchenyuk to be really good next to Evgeny Malkin and be a good um, depth piece to this team and potentially score 20 goals in a season. But, you know, after just that, that failed experiment, you know, it, we obviously went to the P.O. Joseph one, and he's just been lights out. I mean, the fact that he was not in the lineup to start the year, it's crazy to me. It's baffling. He, he looks like a nine-year veteran out there. He, he, that, that is just how good he looks. He moves the puck so flawlessly. He's great in the defensive zone. And just the way he was able to create that shooting lane on that Saturday night game, I think that was when um, Tanev got the goal. Just like move the puck so beautifully right um, out, of the, right, out of the Rangers defender or something and just fires the puck on net. Tanev gets the deflection. It's like, you know, you don't teach that at hockey school. It's just a great play. And those are the kinds of plays that I think will keep Joseph in the lineup. I mean, you just, you can't take him out at this point. And, you know, I mean, I'll probably going to get some questions well what do you do at defense hunter like you have a crowded blue line once everyone comes back you know you probably trade mike matheson at some point but what i think they may do is they'll trade marcus Pedersen. and i think that would be for forward help obviously you're not going to move brian dumon chris letang um john marino staying po joseph you have chad ruido who's playing good even cody cc and i'm going to get to cody cc in a minute because he's had two outstanding games the last couple games he deserves to stay in the lineup for the time being but you just can't take P.O. Joseph out of the lineup. I mean, I think your best bet is to move Matheson at some point if the new GM comes in. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, the, G the new GM is going to have to evaluate the team on the fly. He's going to have to see which players are clicking. But it would not surprise me, guys, if Matheson is traded again. Though, I will. I think the most likely scenario, I, you guys may hate it, they're going to trade Pedersen for a forward, top nine forward. I think he can actually get a decent return back. Top four defenseman, steady in the, his defensive end, can contribute offense, sign for Think, what three to four more years than a reasonable cap hit teams like those kind of defensemen and i'm sure they would give up a top nine forward in return which this team um desperately needs I, I really do think that but i think that's what's probably going to happen but like i said i would rather have matheson be moved and then you can just put dumoulin letang Pedersen, marino joseph ruido or if you want you can just do um joseph marino if he's just gonna keep playing awesome in these minutes and then put Pedersen with ruido on the third pairing I mean, that's probably one of the better third pairings in the league. And then that P.O. Joseph-John Marino pairing um, would just be lights out, too. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, I also thought Kasperi Kapton was great in that game on Saturday night. I'm sorry for doing both games here, guys, and just slipping back and forth. Um, I just didn't, of course, I didn't get to talk to you guys on Sunday because I don't do episodes on Sundays. But I thought Kapton had another great game then. I thought he played good tonight, too. Sometimes he has a little bit of trouble taking some passes, but his speed, again, is really evident. Um, he's basically a breakaway specialist at this point. Um, but I just, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. And that trade continues to look better and better, I would think, for the Penguins. I know Jim Rutherford has made some mistakes uh, before he resigned, but that trade looking to be a good one despite giving up a top 15 pick. As I've just, I've really liked what I've seen from him thus far. Um, Jake Gensel, I think, was also able to score there at 5v5. You know, he's he's kind of been a, a ghost for a lot of this season, but it was nice to see him finally break out a little bit. Hopefully we see more of that moving forward. I know he was back to being a ghost tonight, but if we can see more of the Jake Gensel that we saw on Saturday, I know he's coming off major offseason surgery. Well, I shouldn't say major. Well, I, it was kind of major offseason surgery. I mean, they kind of, they had a long break and he was able to come back. But, I mean, just coming off major surgery in general, just hasn't looked the same. We're going to see how 
he looks moving forward. I really hope he can get back to his old self. And then, you know, like I said, Sidney Crosby, just doing Sidney Crosby things in overtime, scoring the game winner on Alexander Georgiev. Um, you know, hate to see Tony D'Angelo on the ice. I, I'm not going to get into that on this podcast. You know, the, the Tony D'Angelo is not on the Penguins. Hope he is never on the Penguins. But I will say, you know, good for Alexander Georgiev to stick up for himself after D'Angelo was just kind of being a bitch to him off the ice for literally no reason. I mean, the guy's just a total scumbag. But, you know, let's get to some Cody Cece talk. I'm Jesse Marshall had a very... Um, Eye-opening tweet, jaw-dropping tweet, I guess is another word to describe it, if I can look this up real quick here. Um, basically, through two periods, um, he had like, what, six minutes of even strength um, time on ice. According to Jesse, he has controlled. He was controlling 68% of the uh, shot attempts and 78% of the expected goals. Um, folks, is that elite? Yes, that is elite. But he also did this in the last game, too. He played 20 minutes um, last game against the Rangers in the overtime win, 80% of the expected goals for, 60% of the shot attempts for, and according to Jesse, his top four opponents were Lafreniere, Zibanejad, and Di Giuseppe. Um, is that elite too, guys? Yes, that is elite. Cody Cece has been playing at an elite level these last two games, and that is something that I would thought I would not be saying um, basically a few weeks into the season or at all during this season as Cece is just, and that's in a top four role, guys. He's playing with John Marino. I think he played like 20, 25 minutes tonight, and he's putting up those kind of underlying numbers. Um, yeah, I, I, safe to say that I'm eating a lot of crow right now. I'm really excited to see what he can do moving forward. You know, he did that have that play in the front of the net, I think, on the first period when um, I think he basically just stick the puck right to to Smith for some reason and he almost put the puck in his own net aka Jack Johnson kind of play but other than that these last two games flawless play from him he deserves to stay in the lineup even when some of their defensemen come back I think when all are healthy he's probably that number seven guy as Rudel has earned that number six job and and P.O. Joseph has earned a spot in the lineup but you know if he's your number seven guy that's a good backup option with the way that he's played this year he has not been a problem in the slightest for the Penguins this year Um, goaltending wise these last two games I thought Casey DeSmith, you know, especially tonight in that 3-1 loss, um, he, he should have given the Penguins a win. You know, he was trying his best. I thought he made a couple of 10-bell saves, was keeping them in it in the second period, keeping their lead up. The first goal, you really can't even fault him. It was just a scramble around the net. The second goal, great deflection from Kreider. He's one of the best net front presences in the league. Um, and then the last game, I thought, you know, a couple of the goals maybe he wanted back. But overall, like I said, made some timely saves, and that's what you need um, if this team is going to win games. You know, he, he played mostly well in these last two games, especially tonight. Wouldn't be surprised to see him start again on Saturday. Um, in case anyone forgot, the Penguins will not be playing tomorrow night. They will not be playing on Thursday either, as the New Jersey Devils are having COVID-19 related problems. I think 10 players tested positive, or it's 10 players that are on the COVID reserve list, so they really can't even field a team right now, basically. But that will do it for this segment, and we're going to get into the power play and the special teams a lot in the next segment. We're just going to touch on how bad they are and just some takes that I've been thinking about the last few days. Before we do that, um, it's time to talk about Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered, one place we trust, that is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% off welcome bonus. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, guys, let's just get to the elephant in the room. 
Yes, the Penguins' power play stinks. It is worse than last year. That latter statement, I did not think I would be saying at any point this season, especially with Todd Reardon coming into the fold. He's always been a good power play coach. I know the numbers were a little down last year for Washington, but before that, that was always, what, a top five, a top ten unit in the league. But right now, I mean, the Penguins' power play, they are just doing nothing right. Um, I saw a tweet from Pat Sinem, um of WET, um, does the Dying Alive podcast with um, Jesse Marshall. Um, please go listen to that and follow both of them on Twitter. They do a great job. I hope I didn't screw up Pat's Twitter there. Um, it's something around those lines. If I screwed it up, Pat, I am so sorry. You are a great follow. But, you know, it, it's basically just he said – they walk into the zone. Well, they shouldn't walk in the zone. They skate in the zone, and then they just stop. And then they just pass the puck around. Someone forces a pass, and then it's clear. And it's just like, where are the pucks on net? I am never a guy that's going to say, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Like some of those people you hear, like the Yinzers at PBG Paints Arena, you hear in like level section 205 or something like that. You know, I've never one of those people, you know. My mom has been like that ever since I can remember. But, you know, I try to get her out of that. But that's a whole different story. But... I'm getting off topic, but it's just like fire the puck on net. I, I was seeing so many um, times tonight they would have open shooting lanes, whether it be Gino, Crosby, Gensel, Marino, and they're just not firing the puck on net, and they're just looking for the perfect pass a la a Harlem Globetrotters play, and it's like just get back to basics. Fire the puck on net. I mean, this obviously is a point where they are missing Patrick Hornquist. Uh, I thought it was logical at the time to trade him just because his body's going to start breaking down, but you know, the guy has five goals this season three on the power play you think the team would be needing that right now i 100 percent would you know i don't i can't imagine some other gms would have traded him in the way that jim rutherford did and i'll always say my take will always be on that trade it was logical to trade him but you can't get mike matheson and colton sevier in return it's just not good enough for as good of a player as patrick hornquist is the guy fetched james neal in a trade and he was a former 40 goal scorer a perennial 30 goal scorer with the penguins if we're being completely honest and it's just like those kind of players, like the Hornquist, they don't grow on trees. How good he is in front of the net, a Thomas Holmstrom clone. They are really missing that right now. You're asking a lot of Jake Gensel to do what he does. Brian Russ, the same. You know, I always saw some from some certain people on Penguin Twitter that I'm not going to name. Oh my God, like you can just replace Hornquist with Gensel on there. It's like, no, it's not that simple. Hornquist is one one of a kind in this league with what he does on the power play. He's just so good at it and cleaning up the mess. And I had to think of the six power plays that we saw on Monday night, he probably would have had a goal on one of them just with the chaos in front of the net. I really believe that. And it's just the unit is a tire fire. I mean, every time Evgeny Malkin gets the puck, turns the puck over, whether it's a force pass, whether he's just not even controlling the puck on his stick right, uh, not even firing the puck to the net. I mean, you can see he's visibly, visibly frustrated out there. He's slamming his stick on the ice. I saw, I think, once or twice. He's looking up to the heavens thinking, what could he do differently? And, you know, I, I agree with Adam Gretz. This, the power play is just wrecking their season right now. And I know they're 5-4-1. and four and one. It seems weird to say that through 10 games, but... There are 46 games left. You're fighting for a playoff spot. You can't afford to have a power play this bad. This was a jaw-dropping stat from Adam Gretz. Uh, please go follow him at A Gretz on Twitter. I'm hopefully going to have him on the Locked On Penguins podcast here at some point. This is one of the most embarrassing stats on the Penguins power play. They averaged 67 shot attempts per 60 minutes on the power play this year. That is dead last in the league. The next worst team is at 72. I don't know what team that is. It wouldn't surprise me if it's like Detroit or something. And only three other teams are lower than 80 shot attempts per 60 minutes on the power play. I mean, 
you, you have to fire the puck on net. You have to have shot attempts. You're, you're just you're not going to score. 0 for 6 with the talent that you can put on this unit. It is unacceptable. I've seen people calling for Reardon's job already. You know, it, it's been 10 games. I, I wouldn't do that just yet. But if this is going to continue, they may honestly may have to make a coaching change for this or just start taking Evgeny Malkin off the top power play, putting him on the second power play. Or, guys, they may, may as well just put the, the second power play unit out there for most of the time because at least they get shots on goal a lot. And they've always looked better than the first unit basically every time they're out there. So, I mean, I mean, I think that was when Chris Letang was quarterbacking the second unit. They're firing a lot more pucks. So when he comes back, and we may see him back on Saturday, this will give him time to rest and all that. You'll probably see him on the second unit, and they'll just keep Marino up there because at least he was moving the puck well. But puck moving and just getting into the zone and stopping is only going to do you so much. You have to fire the puck on the net. It is truly embarrassing to watch the power play right now. I think this might be the worst power play that I've watched um, in the 16, 17 years that I've been watching this team. It is just, it's pathetic. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. It's any bad word you want to call it. You know, a bunch of cuss words that I could say, but I don't want to say. Here it is. I'll just sum it up, guys. It's dog shit. That, that's what the power play is at this point. And it's costing them games. It cost them the game tonight. If they score one, on one or two of those opportunities, they win that game probably 3-1 or 3-2 or something like that. But those are basically my thoughts on the power play. The PK, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, at least just cover Chris Kreider in front of the net. He's one of the best net front presidents in the league. Rivals Patrick Hornquist, to be honest with you guys. Even just leaving him alone right there in front of Casey DeSmith, you're going to lose that battle um, 10 out of 10 times. And again, you know, another bad game from Evgeny Malkin. I thought in the last game on Saturday, you were starting to show signs of vintage Malkin returning. You know, he was galloping, knifing through defenders, had some really nice shifts in the third period, and then tonight just looks lost again. It's like this is game 10 of a 56-game season, and he's off to one of the worst starts that we've ever seen from him. Probably the worst start we have seen from him. And it just, it's, it, there's no signs of this turning around. And I just, I, I don't know what you do. I, I guess you bench him on the top power play unit. They're never going to bench him on even strength because you don't just bench a player like Evgeny Malkin. But you got to start making him earn his ice time on the power play every time they go on. I mean, especially on the power play, guys. If he's just going to keep playing on that, you take his privileges away. I think that's basically the take I have on that. Um, Sidney Crosby almost had a little cross goal tonight. Um, I think if we would have saw that, um, Twitter would have melted and people would have just been going crazy. Would have been um, another one of Sid's outstanding highlights for his career. We also saw the Penguins and Hurricanes social media accounts going at each other. Um, basically, the Penguins were calling and the, the Quiznos logo for basically taking that. Um, it is it's it's pretty funny. Then Carolina did have a nice clap back with "Sorry about the loss." Here's the twenty dollar gift card to Quiznos. So I always love friendly banter um, between two teams on their social media. But we are going to get to your post game reactions. I might do both for these last two games, um, but especially tonight's one. But before I do do that. Um, it is time to talk about Built Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barquia, 12 original, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at 
LO underscore Penguins. So let's start with the post-game reaction from the fans, well, the listeners, for tonight's game. Um, City Bridges says, The positives, Penguins had good goaltending, negative power play side of defense was leaking the third period, especially overall close game and special teams was once again a big factor. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there, man. Um, the special teams is why they lost this game. Um, you know, they, the power play is just costing them losses at this point, especially this one, but if the power play continues to play like this, it may cost them a playoff spot at the end of the year with how tight the standings are right now. I will agree, man. The goaltending was great. Um, but I was not a fan of the defense, especially after that power play in the third period. Um, they just kept giving up every odd man rush that was out there. And it was just really weird to see. They, they were not giving up anything like that in the first game's first 40 minutes. And then I think the Penguins controller disconnected for the third period. Um, Gilbert the Goat, absolutely pathetic, are given six power plays and can't even score one. They blew that. Just Smith kept us in the game for as long as he could. They need to either fire the power play coach in this week off or completely change it. This team could be good with a decent power play. I mean, yeah, they just have to try new stuff and just fire pucks to the net. I think that's the most simple thing here, Gilbert. They have to start firing the pucks to the net. You saw that stat that I had with Adam Gretz. I think, yeah, basically dead last in the league in shot attempts per 60 on the power play with, what, 67 that's pathetic. That's not going to cut it. You have to get shots on net. I'm not going to ever be a shoot it guy, but I mean, come on. The, the proof is in the pudding. When you shoot the puck, I mean, you, usually good things happen. Um, I also agree with you, Gilbert. Malkin looks lost. The puck looks like it's bobbling every time he touches it. Hopefully our defense gets healthy before Saturday because, oh boy, was the bottom four bad. I mean, yeah, Kevin Churchman shouldn't see the ice again. Um, you might as well just start dressing five defensemen at this point. I thought CC and Marino were good. I think Marino played 30 minutes tonight, which is a career high from him. P.O. Joseph looked great, too. Trevor Riedel I thought was fine. But, yeah, Kevin Kuzman just needs to not see the ice ever again. Hopefully they can get some guys um, back healthy here in a quick manner. Alan Teodor, I thought to Smith, played well. They were really good moments throughout the game, but just couldn't get a 10. Power play definitely should have helped out, but they enjoyed playing hot potato. I just really hope this little break does some good for them. Yeah, that was honestly a good way to describe it too, Alan. Hot potato. They were just passing the puck back and forth, treating the puck like it was a grenade. I'm like, oh, no, you take it. No, you take it. It was just... It was terrible, but like I, I agree with, as well, man. DeSmith did play well. I thought at 5v5 they dominated them, but, you know, special teams is terrible. Um, Fry Time says, Power play is obviously a joke of an effort, but getting outworked in the third with bonus days off coming was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I thought that third period effort was pretty bad. I mean, they were really close to pulling off a full 60 minutes here, guys. I mean, those first 40 minutes were dominant by the Penguins. I know it was 1-1 one to one going into the third period, but, I mean, those first 40 minutes, I mean, the Rangers got a kind of a fluky goal with, like, two minutes left in that second period. Outside of that, the Rangers did not have a lot of chances those first 40 minutes. I think they were held to, like, what, 13 shots on goal, 14 shots on goal through 40 minutes. The Penguins were playing pretty well defensively, I would say, throughout those first few periods. So, yeah, it was kind of strange to see how leaky they were in that third period. And then, Mr. Know-it-all says, our special teams clean planet or joke? How bad does it get before things will change? Uh, buddy, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, another game of this maybe, but it, it should just change now. But, you know, we'll see what Todd Reardon decides to do. Um, if he's not going to make changes, uh, find someone who will and get him out of here because there's just nothing is working right now. I'm hoping that people will actually ask Mike Sullivan after the game what he's going to do to try to fix the power play. I know if I were on one of those Zoom calls um, – I will be asking that question. But that's basically all the post-game comments from tonight, from the Saturday one. Um, yeah, City Bridges is right. P.O. Joseph is legit. Who's going to be our sixth defenseman? Yeah, I know. Kevin Churchman needs to get out of here. Kapanen, of course, was great. 
Um, Felipe Sauchuk says, Cody Cece has been one of the best defensemen on this team. This makes me happy and sad at the same time. Huge win on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I said it earlier in this episode, Cody Cece being one of their best defenders this season. Not something I saw coming, but, you know, I think we're there at this point. Nikki Wheels, I honestly don't know what to say or take on this team right now other than they don't give up. Yeah, they were basically the comeback kids again in that game. Um, Iris AJ said, if Latang is out long term, they need to make a trade for defenseman. Right now, he is day to day, but yeah, if he's going to be out for a while, um, they need to trade for someone like Vince Dunn. I've been saying that a lot on the podcast. Um, I think he would be a great fit. Let's see here. We'll do a couple more. Philip Cox says that P.O. Joseph is playing well. The goalies are doing their best in keeping this team alive. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you can say that for both of these games, too, that Joseph has been awesome. The goaltending has been good. I think you may see DeSmith back in net on Saturday against. Um, I think it's the Islanders that they play just because of how well he uh, played tonight and um, he, he made some timely saves in the game on Saturday, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jari. Five times said, glass half full version. Imagine how good they could be if they start to pull it together. Yeah, man, I mean, it looked like that was going to happen tonight too, but you know, then the third period happened. Um, Iris AJ also asked, is P.O. Joseph the best defenseman on the team right now for the defenders that are in the lineup? I would probably still go John Marino, but P.O. Joseph, I think, is their second best defender that is playing right now. And then finally from Gilbert the Goat, you know, he also said the defensive injuries are getting brutal. I mean, this is just par for the course for the Penguins at this point, man. I wouldn't be surprised if five forwards get hurt going forward. And yeah, I did think Malkin played well in that Saturday night game, but of course tonight he was terrible. But I want to get to all your post-game reactions and have them featured on this show because I love when you guys send them in, and I really appreciate you guys doing that and listening to each episode that comes out. Um, that'll do it for this one. Tomorrow on Tuesday we'll be doing an episode I'll post later in the day. Um, a crossover with John Chick of Locked on Rangers. We'll discuss these both these games more in depth. I'm sure when we get to the D'Angelo situation and a whole lot more. So look for that. But thank you guys so much for listening to this one. Um, for the rest of the week, I'll have to come up with some content to talk about, maybe some power play stuff as the team does not play until Saturday against the Islanders as both the games against the Devils have been canceled due to positive cases within the Devils team. So um, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.